Let's go. Hello, and welcome to Sustain Open Source Design. Is it Sustain Our Design? No, it's Sustain Open Source Design. Yes, yes. Sustain Open Source Design. SOS. <laughs> what are you calling it? <laughs> Hello and welcome to Sustaining Open Source Design. This is a podcast where we talk about the confluence of open source and design. What does it mean to have designers in your project? What does it mean to design your project for the future for other designers? All of the things all the time. It's been a while since we've had one of these podcasts, so it's really exciting to be back on it. I am one of your hosts. My name is Richard Litauer. Hello. I'm the least important host. And today I want to introduce the other three. Do we have a guest today? No, we do not. This is a host-only podcast, which is super exclusive and fun. But the cool thing is you get to listen along and be part of the clubhouse too. So welcome. Now, who are the other hosts on the podcast today? Errol Fox, how are you doing today? I'm doing well today. Thank you very much. It's been a long time since we've chatted about stuff. I know that when we publish podcasts, it's maybe doesn't feel like a long time, but maybe that's a peek behind the curtain of podcast making there. But yeah, it's good to be back with all of you lovely folks. It is. I'd almost forgotten you had an English accent. Also on this podcast, Memo Esparza. Memo, how are you doing? What's up? I'm doing great. Also really excited to get back to the podcast a Rock and Roll. Woohoo, I can feel the enthusiasm oozing from your voice. And finally, our last host today, Georgia Bolin. Georgia, how are you? Hi, everybody. I'm doing great. It's been a minute. Not that I don't get other chances to talk to you lovely folks in various settings, but it's been a minute that we've all been together here. So that's great to be here. Great to be back. Great to have you. Great to have everyone. Of course, we don't have everyone. Other hosts have been on this podcast before want to give a big shout out to django django you are awesome and victory victory you are victorious wish you could join us today and hopefully in the future we will have podcasts dedicated to you and your words and your thoughts and visions now what did we plan to talk about on today's podcast a few things we wanted to have a reintroduction to us as a group who are we what are we talking about what's going on and the real goal there is actually that we also have our own internal lives we don't get to talk about very much and it's nice to hear from each other and be like what are you doing these days it's also a good time to do that we haven't had guests on in a while and we wanted to take the space to say you know we should really a have a podcast and b announce that we're going to take a break so this is the last podcast of the 2022 season, Woo! which was a very fun season. We're already at 32 podcasts. This will be number 33, which is a wonderful, wonderful number. It's a multiple of 11, multiple of three. How exciting. How much more exciting can you get? So we're going to talk a bit about what we've talked about before, some current events of the day. And then we're going to sort of hopefully lay down some cool teasers for next year. That's right. The 2023 podcast season is coming up three months away. So with that, I'm going to shut up. I've been talking a lot and I'm going to hand it over to Errol. Errol, how did you want us to talk about the other hosts? Do you have any questions do you feel like we should talk about today? I don't think we talk enough about what we're working on. We spend a lot of time interviewing these lovely, lovely guests that we have on and we've always got fascinating things to talk about. 
we learn so much from them. And I think that sometimes we do take the time to kind of share some of the stuff that we've been working on. But I don't know about the other hosts, but sometimes I feel a bit guilty if I'm talking to one of our lovely podcast guests and I'm like, oh, I think this, rather than asking them about all the lovely, amazing stuff that they're doing. So I was hoping that we'd just spend a few minutes, each of us, just kind of talking about anything that we've been thinking about lately to do with open source and design or anything that we've been working on on a personal level around open source and our design efforts. And I'm really happy to start because something that I've been working on for, I would say, the better part of a year is trying to help out the open source design community. So if you're unfamiliar with the open source design community, there's a few folks that are part of the Sustain UX and Design working groups that help on this podcast as hosts that also are part of the open source design community. But the open source design community was, I believe, founded almost close to something like eight or nine years ago now. So it's approaching its 10th birthday in the next couple of years. I believe it's going to be the eighth year that we were, are applying to have another FOSDEM dev room. So they've been going for a long time. And one of the other hosts, Victory Brown, has started a open source design Africa chapter and is looking after some really amazing stuff there. I've been trying to help the open source design community who have received a number of wonderful donations over the last few years into their open collective and now have over 10K of donated money to spend on things that open source design community members want to see happen and the advanced designers in open source doing good stuff. About a year ago now, approximately, we started a polling process to talk to the community, both community members in the open source design community that were very regular attendees of our monthly community meetings or people that were very regular posters on the community forum. We had a lot of people that have been around for a number of years and also a few people that have been around for less than years. And we treat everyone as equal stakeholders as much as we possibly can in as much of an inclusive way possible and asked the community, hey, what do you want us to spend this open collective money on? Because typically open source design as a community spends it on kind of maintenance costs that they have, like maintaining the website, making sure the hosting was paid for, sometimes attending different conferences like FOSDEM and having the typical swag that you need when you go to a FOSDEM-like event, i.e. stickers. But yeah, the community voted very, very strongly that they really want to see the money's put towards internships, fellowships, and things that are like internships and fellowships for designers in open source. And as often it is with open source communities, it takes a long time to kind of openly and inclusively have conversations about how to make decisions, especially with a a community that doesn't necessarily have already cut a structured way of making those kinds of key decisions. And the community voted in that way and they wanted to explore all the different ways that we could support internships, fellowships for designers and open source. And we're at the point now where we have a good idea that we want to try and test. We're not quite sure how we're going to try and test it. We've thought about Outreachy as a partner. We've thought about maybe Google Summer of Code as a partner or other places that do those kinds of supportive programs as partners. And The idea that came from the community was this idea of not just supporting the 
designer in an open source project as through internship fellowship funded by open source design, but trying to pair a designer with a developer. So having this kind of dual internship fellowship process, because a lot of the conversations about placing, for lack of a sort of better word, a designer in an open source project is the often their work that they do doesn't kind of see the implementation cycle in the time frame that would be useful for an intern to then put in, say, a portfolio. So this idea hopes to try and solve for the problem. Also, interns tend to do better when they're paired. They can support each other a little bit better. That's something that we learned from our friends at Outreachy. Pairing up interns is really good. And now we're mostly on conversations about how do we support the mentoring process? So when interns go into an open source internship in open sources, how do they get sufficient mentorship from people that have done it before? And the complicated conversation now is how do we make sure that the open source design community, if they want to, can support that? Is that something that we also need to fund with some of our open collective donated money? Or is that something that people are willing to volunteer? So we're still in some of the conversations that we've made progress. And we really do hope to have something that can demonstrate some kind of example of how designers can begin to do more internships in open source projects and how to do them a little bit differently. I think it'll be really exciting to see that roll out. So I know, I guess actually just to ask about that and have a little conversation about what you're up to for in-depth, Errol, what are the challenges that you all are having right now around thinking about how to make that happen? You mentioned thinking about us for the mentors. I don't know if you want to talk a little bit more about the ways people could help, right? <laughs> could help make that happen or where to sort of follow along or understand sort of when that might happen. Like one of them, it's hard to sometimes move things forward when you're working with in an all volunteer capacity. And so it's just interesting to think about how to run a program like that as a community. Gosh, challenges. There's a lot. People can follow along. That's easy by going to opensourcedesign.net and visiting our forum. There's a number of different threads where we've had open conversations about this. There are then conversations where we've maybe had on different private channels, which are a little bit more linked to people that have access to stuff to do with money. So there are only a few conversations that are not available openly that people can follow along there. Challenges wise, a person trying to encourage a decision to be made and something to happen within a community. It was interesting to me and a learning moment to experience the caution that the wider community had about spending money. And I don't know how many communities have this problem. I know that it's quite a unique and privileged place to have money to spend as an open source community that is donation based. But it was quite nerve wracking when we were only at about six or seven K because there was like, what if we spend it all and then we don't have anything if we do have emergencies for that need money. Also, there was just nerves around kind of spending the money. And I think one of the ways that I helped the folks move through that was having conversations with people like Amanda Kasari, who helps out at the where she is about like how to give small donations to open source communities saying things like, well, if you've already got some money to do some good work with, it's unlikely that any people that can have donations to open source community efforts are going to give you more to do something else. You have to be shown to spend some of your money that you have as a community in order to then ask for more or ask for some. So it was a moment where I could learn something about how money is donated, but in bigger chunks where I could 
then go back to the community and say, hey, nobody is going to give us more money until we kind of can do something with some of the money that we have. And let's try it out. And also I use this kind of, or talked about this thing of the money sitting in our open collective is not benefiting any of our designers. It's just money sitting in a account. And I, on a personal note, would much rather that be given to people doing design work in open source if we are able to. You are not alone. Every project that has money (laughs) doesn't know how to spend the money it has. It's a really big problem. So when I first started being a host on this podcast, I worked partially for sustain and partially with some other contracts and didn't really know what I was doing. Since then, I now work for Open Collective and I specifically work for Open Source Collective, which is the fiscal host that uses opencollective.com, the platform. Wow, we really are bad at naming things to talk about how to hold money on behalf of open source projects. One of those is actually open source design, which is what you're talking about. And before we semantically bleach the word open source forever, what I'm trying to say is that my job is to hold money on behalf of open source projects. And OS Collective, Open Source Collective, where I work, holds $7 million on behalf of 3,300 open source projects. That is a lot of money that is doing nothing. I had no idea it was at that amount. That's crazy. It's weird. It's also funny because it's not our money. It's certainly not my money. So I wish that was the case, but it isn't. It's open source's money. It's all of y'all's money. It's like all these little tiny projects that all have $10,000 or $500 or $200. Or in the case of some of them, like open web docs, a million dollars. So that's fine. All that money is sitting there and it's waiting for it to be used. And it's actually really difficult for open source projects to spend money. In fact, I know of a project right now that closed today. It archived itself because they couldn't figure out how to spend the money in their open collective projects. And so they just said, let's see that back. And it's thanks. I think it's what happens. We're going to work on it. I emailed the person. But it's a really interesting problem. And part of what I've been doing, just so it's not all about your work, Errol, is figuring out how do we help out open source projects spending the money they got. And so this is really cool thing we have, which is a Git book, which is docs, which no one reads because no one likes docs, but it's there anyway. And I'm linking to it and it's going to be in the show notes. You can go to docs.oscollective.org and there's these guides we have. And one of them is this guide built with this amazing contractor slash open source strategist slash consultant slash best person ever, Sumana. And she ran these workshops. And one of the workshops that was written up by her is deciding how to use your money, which is cool. And it has all these great suggestions. Hire a consultant to figure out what you should do as a project or list your goals for the year for the project and then put them into bite-sized chunks and aside a price tag to them and then do them and just say for this particular PR, we're going to do this much or for this website redesign, we're going to do so much. And it's actually interesting. We say website redesign. I also host the Sustain podcast you may have heard of. If you know this podcast, you probably know that one. We just had a podcast recorded with Nicholas Zakis, who is one of the main maintainers of ES Lint. And ES Lint just redid their website. And how did they do it? They took the money that was doing nothing. They said, let's redesign our website. We could hire designers from internally to do that. But also, we just don't really have them in our project. We're a JavaScript styling project. Yes, we have some design work, but not much. They just hired an open source design company to just do it. And now it's done. This is a new website. It's great. And they did that with the money in their collective. Now, as a designer who's listening, I don't know whether that means much for you, but it does mean that there are projects out there that could use design work and don't know it. And you just say, I think you should spend your money. Here's why. And here's what you could spend it on. And look, I already have the Figma files. That's a possibility. That's a thing. 
But that's just kind of some of the work that I've been doing on my side towards the same problem you're having, Errol. And so I wanted to point out to you that you're not alone in being a project that doesn't know how to spend its money all the time. You're also not alone in the projects having interns. And by you, I mean, I also mean me. I'm also a member of open source design. How to spend interns and how to mentor them is a huge, huge thing. Google Summer of Code is a massively funded project because it's difficult to do that work. But it's also something with the highest payoff in the end. I'm only in this field because I did an internship which had open source principles as its thing, which led me to work with Karthik Ram, which led me to work with Open Knowledge Foundation, which led me to think about open source code, which led blah, 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 down to me talking into this microphone. So internships are great. One of the things we wanted to reflect on today is topics for the future, but the sort of aspect of community development that is a design process, the aspects of, I mean, Errol, what you were just describing, designing a program. And Richard, what you're talking about is reflecting on like community process, what's working, what's not working. How do we design these community processes so that these things are possible? And I know that's not the way we talk about design generally as podcast, but those are design processes. They're like participatory engagement. Sometimes it involves doing some research about why people are struggling to spend their money or like what are the barriers to feeling like they can do it or not. Anyway, that might just be things to like talk about more. We should invite some of these folks like Errol, you mentioned Amanda, like maybe folks like that could come and talk about how they're understanding the role of design and the work that they do and how that sort of intersects with all of this conversation around sustainability and open source and community. I think a thing I think about that we could do here more is take a challenge. How do we design an internship program and actually talk through it with folks and make this actually like a collaborative thinking space more as well? Memo, I'm really curious. Obviously, I work next door to you. We're in the same cubicle, although you're in Guadalajara and I'm in Vermont. What are you up to these days? Just about parentheses about this topic of spending money because it's also really interesting something in my thoughts lately. And specifically about this podcast, I was thinking we can stop being a one-on-one interview, like hosts and for an invitee. We have two or three, I don't know, like representatives tagging between each other about a problem. I think that having contextualized conversations helps a lot in that kind of collective brainstorming. What I've been doing lately in... Growing the design team at Open Collective, they're leading a lot of projects. So I haven't been really engaged with publishing, which is something that I want to do really, really soon, but it's slowly happening. So it's all right. I'm focusing on like bringing the design system to a place where more people can use it. Been thinking about, for example, inside the context of Open Collective, how to empower collectives under one host with design. We've just had a conversation with Foundation, the host from the United States, that we could sponsor a grant of some sort, a branding grant, because there have been like a couple of collectives submitting support requests to us, like, hey, do you offer like brand support and stuff like that? So we were, we have been thinking like to make that a reality, like to sponsor for the host, in this case, OCF, sponsor a grant to build brands of, I don't know, five collectives. And what I want to do with the design system is to have it like as the knowledge base for this process runs on top of and all the processes behind that collective projects 
actually based on that process and it helped it perform better. We can tweak it as we move forward. And it's also like a collective way of creating content and having this sort of documentation around how to start a branding project, what questions to ask, who to involve, how much should it last? Because sometimes like for beginners, going back to Ariel's topic about internships, it's hard to like just start with a clean slate. So we also want to document all that kind of stuff and put it available for everyone to use it anytime they want. That's a, a dream I've been having, you know, I think since I joined. And yeah, it's been hard to materialize, but I think it's slowly getting there. I feel like we need to do a whole episode about what it's like to hire designers as well, because you've done a lot of it. Memo, Georgia, you've done tons of it. Same for me. And it's something which maybe not a lot of open source projects have context of how to hire for a designer. And that could be a really great informative podcast to do. But yeah, go tell us more about the cool stuff that you're working on, Memo. That's probably something else that I've been working on, but I've been hearing a lot of stuff lately. It's, yeah, somewhat tension between the tools we use, especially now that Adobe acquired Figma. <laughs> so a lot of people are like freaking out. And it, this is an old topic we all have discussed in not just one, but a handful of episodes with different folks that ask us why are not using like everything open source. Obviously, I have like, my own thoughts. I think it's becoming more and more relevant, specifically on our space, like the open source design world, like what kind of tools we use. Because on one side, I do believe that Figma is the best tool out there right now to accomplish certain types of projects that needs some complexity to share between teams. But then again, I don't feel like supporting Adobe forever. And I will love to have options in the space. And I kind of feel like in this crossroads of following the dark side and just stick with Adobe forever or fight back, no matter the cost. But yeah, we'll love to discuss that sometime in, in the future. It's another good topic. I mean, we've had PenPod on at least once or twice and they're like the most spotlighted project we have. I feel kind of weird that we haven't mentioned them before. Go PenPod, PenPod, you are the now the chosen one. So keep it up. We have an internal joke where we just start going, pen pot, pen pot, pen pot, <laughs> random girl. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we could even like partner in some way with the pen pot folks. Yeah, since it's a topic that I personally interest with and I would love to collaborate on bringing that tool forward and uh, hopefully getting to a place, put into a place where it can actually compete with big players because that's what I think it's kind of lagging in our space. But, but yeah, I mean, we'd we'll love to consider that option. And without saying that migrating a whole design system from one tool to another, it's like a Herculean task. And it's something that you really should think about before committing to do. So, you know, it's uh, putting into the balance like a lot of things of short-term versus long-term goals and what's best to us as a company, because, you know, Apple Collective is not a non-profit, it's a for-profit, but source company. So how can we balance the tensions between fulfilling the goals for a company like that versus providing like more options to the open source space with all this energy of non-profits and free content, stuff like that? 
I do have a small point to make there that Open Collective is for profit, but Open Source Collective is not. It's a 501c6. And oh, Open right. Collective Foundation is not. It's 501c3, as are many other fiscal hosts on the platform. So thinking of Open Collective as a single unit that's for profit is inaccurate. I think the other thing that's interesting to think about here is what it takes to serve the design industry with tools. That could actually be a really interesting conversation. Full disclosure, my partner works at Figma. <laughs> so I have this has been an interesting period of time <laughs> for my household, as well as the internet and the design internet in particular. I've been reflecting a lot on just as a community, as understanding the way companies interact and the way like we as individuals use tools and what the sort of evolutions are. And I agree with all of the general concerns about consolidation and past death of great tools that we know has happened. Like rest in peace, Streamweaver. But like <laughs> the flash, <laughs> all the tools, the things that have come and gone in our lives. But there's a lot of different types of organizations that have different types of needs and ways to scale to meet them. And it might just be interesting to talk about that a bit more. And I think the bigger question there is also like, how can all of these tools leverage and engage more with open source, right? Or be more, but like, how can we actually shift the industry in ways that could be useful about how the culture could change? There's a lot of focus on this acquisition and consolidation rather than thinking about the overall like culture and what that means. And it could be interesting to have conversations about that with folks from the different companies. There's a lot we could talk about and there's a lot we should talk about. And those conversations will happen in 2023. And we're excited to have those conversations. And we're also really excited to have this conversation with new people too. And we want to know who those people are. So if you have an idea, it's great. And if you don't have any ideas, let us know anyway what you think, because this is the whole point of having a podcast is we get to have conversations, freeze them in time, have other people hear them interact with them and hopefully give back. And all of these are in the spirit of open source. Well, you can't change this podcast because it's a frozen unit of an MP3. Thank you, Paul, our editor. You can help move the conversation forward by listening and then sharing and being part of the global conversation of what is open source design? What is open source? What is design in general? Figma, why Georgia? Tell me now. No, it's fine. It's cool. It's cool. So anyway, that was also my way of wrapping it up semi-succinctly. Before that happens, do we have any final thoughts? Memo? Yeah, one last thing, building out on what you just said about saying it's around expanding our our circles further. And that's what I've been thinking about because probably if we do a call out to designers inside the open source space, would be less people than if we just do a call out of designers working on open projects like free royalty, like a lot of people have different definitions of the same thing. And I think that we sometimes focus our marketing to only open source, but I found out that there are multiple people in the space, like working with projects that are open, like this, I don't know, Creative Commons or whatever you want to call it. And I think we should also get closer to those communities and probably we also want to speak with non-creative people as well about how they create stuff. I find that really interesting because a lot of companies and projects out there have design tasks and they undertake design projects without them being designers. So it's also really interesting to know how they are fulfilling that need and how we can bridge all the communities that we are talking about and we've interviewed even with that need, I think that's also like a great 
place to explore. I think it's an uncharted territory. How to bridge like this design need with available folks doing design work. I see that as an opportunity. Memo, I really like that. And I'm realizing something. In fact, someone else pointed that to me in the chat. And so I'm just going to go with it. When we think about designing how to interface with our communities, when we think about what it means to be good designers and good holders of this shared space that we have, we're lucky in that we don't have to create the wheel from scratch. One of the tools we can use is we can look at other companies to do sorts of things. And specifically, I'm thinking of this one company I know of whose job is as a 501c6 is to support practitioners in designing ethically informed values-driven technology that protects human rights. And yes, what I'm asking about is, Georgia, what are you up to these days at Simply Secure? And how are you doing? And what, because we haven't really focused on you. We've talked about me, talked about Memo, talked about Errol, but how is your work with design and open source influencing your life at the moment? 501c3, one clarification, I have 501c3, but I think you said, I heard C6, but C3. Yeah, there's a lot going on that we're doing, which is really great. Actually, it's been quite, 2022 has been busy in case anyone hasn't noticed by trying to contact me and getting very delayed responses. (laughs) So, but some things that we've been up to, we have been working with the Web Foundation on, I think that they have called the Tech Policy Design Lab and the subject for this round has been a deceptive design or what a lot of people refer to as dark patterns. So we've been doing some interesting participatory processes around what does it look like to shift norms around deceptive design and move more towards trusted design. What does it look like to like bring trusted design kind of to the mainstream in the world? So that is something that we are working on the synthesis and output for right now. So I'm super excited. Yes, check out the link and keep an eye on there and there will be more coming out soon from all that work over the past couple of months. We have been working on our own rebrand. So some folks know this, but we have a new name coming as an organization. We will be reintroducing ourselves over the next, actually this month is the goal. So (laughs) follow us on social media. (laughs) You'll hear about it soon. But yeah, so getting that kind of across the finish line. So it's actually something we've been working on for the last two years. We have some blog posts about it and we will be publishing some more. Yeah. Is that because of the acronym problem? That is one of the factors. It's actually more, we wrote about this in the blog post, which I can grab the links for in a second, but there's a couple of issues. One, our name is Simply Secure right now, but we don't actually think that security is simple or that that's the ultimate goal how we solve the problem. We also do a lot more than security. And a lot of folks, for the most part, were kind of assuming that we were digital security trainers. We work with lots of trainers. Trainers are great. But we sort of come at all of these problems where usability and design are core pieces, like core infrastructure elements to designing secure and private and transparent experiences. I think we were running into that challenge a lot. And we took it as an opportunity to reflect on who we are and what we do and sort of re-envision our identity. So. Coming soon. <laughs> and after we launched that, we have the blog post. We could have some of the members of our team that have been really key in leading that on, which would be great. There will be a Slack store, which we haven't had before, where buying Slack will help you support us. So that'll be awesome. So we're excited about that. Yeah. And then I think just in general, it's interesting that while this is happening and having just said that we don't just do security work, actually a lot of the work that you know, I've been having conversations around have been really deeply in things like encryption and usable encryption and what that means for sort of freedom and rights to organize, especially in response to things like the Roe v. Wade decision in the U.S., reproductive justice areas, how that translates to 
trust and safety processes with companies and overall like transparency, which is another just building on our conversation on what are we talking about? We say open and open source. It's really interesting to potentially just have a bunch of conversations around transparency and openness of governance and practices. And a lot of the conversation that I've been up front of and having with folks is when features are being researched and changed within like big products that affect all of us, what of that should be public? What if it should be open so that it's open to scrutiny and open to independent audit and assessment? Or like, when is the best time to do that? All of these sorts of questions that allow us to understand the impacts of and potential harms that come from different features that are being explored or different issues that are existing on the platform. So I, that's a whole thing that could be its own, I don't know, even like series of conversations maybe next year around openness in the context of transparency, particularly when it comes to these like big feature changes or addressing issues like misinformation on social media or harassment on social media, which are the sort of topics that we work on. The other last thing I was going to mention just in a like interesting topic that I would love to talk more about. We've also been having an internal conversation about how to rethink our honoraria for user research as a proportion of it. One option we give folks is for them to donate their honoraria to, so rather than taking an honoraria as part of participating in research, we give people the option of donating it somewhere. And so we've had some internal conversations about designing that program to then be funding that could go out to designers in open source or designers in these ecosystems or just like ways to sponsor folks. So yeah, that's sort of another like area of topic, both in a supporting folks who participate and contribute through participating in user research, as well as how to think about designing a funding program, kind of to thread that back to where we started. (laughs) Thank you. No, that's great. What's your role? Me, I like to refer to myself as head cat wrangler, but that's because I'm an executive director. Okay. Because you said we a lot there, and I just wonder where Georgia was in that picture. But if it's all you and the team you're organizing... Yeah, maybe, but it's not also all you. It's also the whole team. Yeah, no, it's, it's our whole team. It's, difference. it's our awesome team, which is great, which again, full disclosure, Errol is a part of. Errol and I work to work together every day. One more actually important thing that I forgot to mention, we are also, and we should probably have a blog post out about this sometime soon, but we are just kicking off a research project with funded by the Sloan Foundation to look into and understand usability and design in open source software for research. So we're starting outreach around like interviews. We'll probably do some surveys. We can drop a link to express interest in participating in the project in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. We've got some interest forms that we can definitely share. And we've also got some exciting things like diary studies coming up from designers where we're doing outreach, where we want designers to be paid to tell us what they do to contribute to open source just over a time period, but be compensated for that. And so that we can learn from that in our research and helping to inform when and how design should be done in open research projects, but also how we can make that openly available as something that other people could learn from or use as a basis for other research. So yeah, we certainly have a lot of interesting stuff coming up on how to better understand design in this space. So definitely watch the space. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to share, Georgia and Earl. Memo and I, we never actually work together on the same exact things. No, no, not once. That's sarcasm. We do work on the same stuff. So Memo's been doing awesome work on like new visualizations for financials on the platform of Open Collective. And Memo also works with me on the digitalinfrastructure.fund website, which pretty much mostly 
done now, but that was a cool project that's been funded. Georgia was one of the participants of that. More funding from people like Sloan to help us figure out what digital infrastructure is. Memo also works with design sometimes on sustain, which is the other third of my hat. So I don't know. I just feel like it's kind of funny to see the dyads of me and Memo and Errol and Georgia. And hopefully, maybe somewhere out there, Django and Victoria are just doing really awesome work together and are well paid to do so, which is great. But I did try to wrap up the conversation a while ago. I failed to do so because I forgot that one of the people hadn't talked. So now we've crossed that check off. Woohoo! And we've also mentioned before what we're planning to do next, which is take a break for the rest of the year and then restart January with some really awesome open source design conversations. How do we know they're going to be awesome? Because you will be a part of them. That's right. Reach out. And you can reach out really easily by either going on the discourse, that's the sustainoss.org discourse, or by going to sustainoss on Twitter, or by emailing us at sosdpodcast at sustainoss.org. And of course, you can also reach out to all of us individually. All of us live on the internet. It's like our official job. So we're like really reachable. It's a real shame because we'd rather not be most of the time because we're also humans and animals don't like looking at boxes, but you can still reach us on our boxes. So feel free to do that. You can email me at richard at oscollective.org or richard at sustainoss.org or richard at burntfen.com or richard at the user strunk.com or richard at, I'm going to stop. Memo, where can people contact you in the world? What's the easiest way? Is it emails or something else? Yeah, email is fine. Memo, M-E-M-O at opencollective.com. Sweet. Also, Richard at opencollective.com. Thank you, Memo. Errol, where can people reach you? People can reach me on email, Errol, and Errol is spelled E-R-I-O-L at simplysecure.org until we change our name and we have a new email address, which I'm sure we'll be forwarding. All okay. So continue to use that email. But alternatively, you can find me on Twitter. I respond to DMs. My DMs are open. And my Twitter is Errol Does Design. And again, that's Errol spelled E-R-I-O-L. And Georgia is probably the same. Georgia at somebodysecure.org. Correct. Yeah. And then Georgia Moon on Twitter, where Moon has absolutely no relationship to my actual name. It's just a word. That's cool. <laughs> that's nice. Litauer has no relationship to me because all words are, in fact, arbitrary. Errol. So Richard has said that we are interested in you talking to us on these platforms. Give us nominations of people that you think we should talk to. If you think we should talk to you, say that. I've got this thing that I really want to talk about. Be reminded that you don't have to identify as a designer. I really want to make it so super clear. We've had product managers. We've had people that are interested in the facilitative process of community work from a design perspective on the podcast. So if you do anything within open source or design and want to talk about some intersection of the two, you might be a developer and you might have worked with designers and you might have had good experience, bad experiences in between, and you might just want to come on and talk about them. We want to hear about those things. Please do get in touch. We are very friendly, very welcoming, and we would like to have you here for that conversation. I'm not friendly. I mean, yes, we're all we're filming. Thank you, Errol. And I think that's it. That's that. Awkward silence. (laughs) Thank you all for coming. Thank you for listening. Reach out if you have any thoughts on this podcast or others. And we're going to stop wrapping up now and just shoop.